Namaste and welcome to the 54th episode of UPSC Prep Decoding, a podcast brought to you by Abhyankar's IAS so that you can study on the go. I, Kushi Bola, am your host for today and we are in conversation with Mr. Asha Abhyankar. A very warm welcome to you. Thank sir. you so much, Kushi. Sir, our topic today it revolves around how to build a holistic approach towards current affairs. So, sir, to begin with, in class you often tell us certain do's and don'ts when it comes to reading a newspaper. So, for our listeners, could you repeat the same? Uh, that's a very good question, Kushi. Actually, when you look at a newspaper on a daily basis, you are more going to the addition mode. So I believe that going into subtraction is going to help a lot. So what are the areas that you really should be avoiding? One is uh, specific political news, uh, events related to crime and other things which are a generic part of news both in the national as well as the regional news. Any kind of sporting news, uh, news related to private sector uh, issues that are unlinked to uh, growth or developmental factors. And obviously the large number of advertorials and advertisements that you see in a newspaper. So once you kind of exclude all of these, you will be left with not more than 30 to 35% of the content um, uh, in a newspaper. Once you have that newspaper content, what I always tell the students as well as listeners is that kind of start noting down these topics and keep a kind of a logbook for a week. Because many a times when you read a newspaper on a Monday or Tuesday, you would see that there is an overlap of that current affair news item on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and even in editorials over the weekend. So once you are able to identify topics, then that is when you start looking at content around it. Now what kind of content should you be looking at, right? That is what a lot of people are misguided about. So you would see a large chunk of students actually paraphrasing the content from a newspaper itself. Now that is something that will never work because the newspaper is only reporting certain facts related to that news item. But to ensure that you have a slightly interdisciplinary approach, um, for example, if we have to pick up uh, a news item related to the Ukraine conflict, you would have to track the phases of that conflict. Uh, you would have to look at a map and understand where Ukraine is, where Russia is, what is the point of, of conflagration between the two. Uh, where are, else are the NATO members positioned? What is India's foreign policy perspective with regard to Ukraine and Russia? So you would realize that the history, the geography, the ecology, the environment, the international relations, the world history components are all coming into this aspect of one current affairs news item. So if you kind of look at it like that and you do a bit of research of about 100 to 150 words on it, you will realize that on a monthly basis, your own current affairs digest self-prepared by you would not hit more than 45 to 50 items uh, in terms of news items uh, at the most. So when you are having this kind of a news bulletin prepared by you, uh, in most probably handwritten or kind of put together electronically, you would realize that navigation becomes very easy because that the entire overlap of general studies and current affairs comes in very beautifully in, in these news item um, editorials or in news item uh, topics and most importantly this is beneficial both for the prelims as well as the main sites. So yeah. you spoke about the interdisciplinary <coughs> approach so keeping that in mind what I've done is I've removed three topics from three different subjects yes. so if you could kindly help us decode those topics. Uh, absolutely let's, let's get so, uh, the first being from polity the uniform civil code so how, how does one go about this subject? Uh, very good question so now let's look at the uniform civil code first let's look at it from the lens of polity so you know that it is a part of the directive principles of state policy it is also having an overlapping issue with the preamble because it reiterates um, 
the issue of a democratic uh, secular republic. Then you look at the UCC from the lens of regulation of society. So you see the Supreme Court judgment with regard to a push um, um, uh, uh, for a ban against the triple talaq. The issue with regard to a uniform civil code which is coming up today with um, a judgment that is pending um, before the Honorable Supreme Court in April, um, identifying the right of same-sex couples uh, to marry. Uh, you also have the Uniform Civil Code with, with regard to bringing about some sort of uniformity in the regulations of the institutions of society, be they marriage, family, kinship, adoption, inheritance. So here you go, you have one topic that is just listed in polity and you have an entire input. So from environment, can we have a look at the Chita reintroduction plan? Yeah, now you see a lot of people, um, uh, there were a lot of naysayers and critics when the entire Chita relocation plan was happening saying that you know this is more for the optics and things like that but that is not really true because if you look at the the entire issue of uh, reintroduction of the cheetah uh, it's very important to see where this is happening so let's start with the geography you have the Kuno national park uh, which is in Madhya Pradesh and then you see all the other national parks where the introduction is going to be uh, you know happening in stages is spread over Uttar Pradesh and Rajasthan so you are looking at the dry deciduous um, as well as the dry grasslands of this country. Now when you look at the cheetah and its reintroduction, you will realize that uh, the man-animal conflict between the cheetah is the lowest um, among the, the big cats. Also you are able to have an entire ecological regeneration around this. Then there is the tourism perspective in, in having larger footfalls of people to come to these national parks and actually look at that. And most importantly, if you are able to do it with one animal like the cheetah for, for relocating them and, and for reintroducing them since it's extinct in India, you can probably extend this to a whole lot of more um, uh, animal and plant species. So when you look at uh, a topic of the cheetah reintroduction, don't look at it only from a, from a narrow lens. Look at it from a much, much more larger lens. Uh, and then you are able to compare about who is doing it. Like for example, another thing to mention here is that this entire cheetah relocation uh, a program is completely happening under the watchful eyes of the uh, of the Tiger Conservation Authority, right? The National Tiger Conservation Authority. They are the ones who are spearheading it because they've done a fabulous job with the Project Tiger, right? So India is making strides. They are they are, they are trying to look at the entire issue between animal um, wildlife and man conservation. You see whether it's man in the environment, man with the environment, man and the environment. So you can see this. So just on a lighter note, if you if you see the documentary that has um, won the Oscars, the Elephant Whisperers, it has such an important message to talk about, right? It, it talks about how the indigenous people and animals uh, can never be in conflict, and that they can actually aid the sustenance and the conservation of one another. So there you go. That widens the perspective, right. sir. So lastly, from economy, the most important topic that came in my mind, annual financial statement, so a budget. So how does one go about decoding that from the syllabus point of view? Now, you see, uh, whenever the budget introduction happens every year, the government of India releases something called an economic survey. This is a very vital document to actually be going through purely because it's laying out a framework or a roadmap of what the economy looks like, the specific sectors that the government is looking at, what kind of a structural and functional perspective does the government take and then when you are able to understand the economic survey you are able to start decoding components of the budget within it a lot of people start memorizing facts and figures that's really not required right like for example if you take the, the recent budget one very important point of focus opposed the pandemic 
has been a huge allocation of financial resources as per the GDP for medical research and innovation. And this is being spearheaded purely because India was one of those uh, handful of countries who were able to manufacture, um, uh, operationalize and uh, uh, inoculate uh, the population with a homegrown vaccine. And that is no mean feat for a country that has close to 140 crore people. So in this sense, whenever you are looking at the budget, um, read the economic survey, try to find out sectors uh, that the government is actually pushing for towards growth. What is that roadmap looking like? Because it will have some kind of uh, leanings on what has happened the previous year and what to expect in the next year. And then start looking at how the budgetary allocation actually works. So I believe that kind of a perspective will give a more in-depth analysis, more so important for the answers that we are looking at writing uh, for the means, right? Uh, apart from just the prelim questions. Right, sir. Thank you so much for your time, sir. This brings us to the end of the podcast. Lots to take back from this episode. To our listeners, if you enjoyed the podcast, do like, share and download. Your feedbacks and suggestions are always welcome. You can contact us through info at abhyankarias.com. Show us some love on our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook handles that go by the name Abhyankar's IAS. And don't forget these podcasts are now available on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Keep listening and stay tuned for more.